Welcome to the Wealth Studying Podcast. This is episode 322. Today is December 13th, 2020. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, hey, today I just want to put out a quick episode. I haven't done much content lately. Uh, you know, I left you with the COVID-90 portfolio. It's done extremely well. I haven't had much to say since then. But I've gotten a lot of questions from people saying, hey, did I miss this rally? You know, what's going on with the post-election rally? People are afraid they missed an opportunity to buy in. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to cover that in today's episode. But to be really frank and honest with you, I've held off on commenting about whether or not people have missed the rally or whether it's too late to get in because I'm just really tired of the pessimism. Ah, uh, tired isn't the right word. I guess this is going to be a little bit of a rant, but I'm really worn down from all the pessimism. And it's not just the pessimism that we hear in 2020. It's the nonstop, never-ending, gloom and doom, negative Nelly outlook that the economy's falling apart, that there are no opportunities, and that the next crisis is just around the corner. And you know, that's simply not the case. If you've listened to the Wellsteading podcast... You know, we've been on the air now for over six years, and there's been some ups and downs with that. There's obviously been COVID this year. The year before that, there was the trade wars. The year before that, there was the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. The year before that, it was the commodity crash, and specifically in that commodity crash, it was the price falling out of oil because of all the domestic drilling with shale oil and the U.S. becoming energy independence, you know, that all played into the 2016-2015 type economy where we saw major collapse in the energy sector and in a lot of the emerging markets. Listen, there's never an end of bad news and problems in the market, but you have to look at that as an opportunity because that's what it is. Now, you know, I'm not all rose-colored glasses and think everything's just fine. I try and time the market. I look at short-term trends and near-term trends and demographic trends and trends of mother nature, indicators of fear and greed, traditional economic indicators. I look at all these factors and I know that sometimes the market goes up and sometimes it goes down. I try and not buy it at the top and I never want to sell it at the bottom. But there's a lot of money to be made in between there even if you don't get it exactly right. And I never get it exactly right Neither does anyone else. No one can predict the future. We're always just assessing probabilities. And this year has presented numerous opportunities, and many of which I sat out on. I sat out on them because I am a conservative investor. Just because I try and swing trade and time the market, I'm not making my trades purely on speculation or trying to hit a home run every time. I'm a long-term investor. I've taken decades to build up my wealth. I don't want to lose it overnight. So I'm not afraid to take risks, but I want to take calculated risks and I want to mitigate them. That's why this year I didn't jump on every momentum stock and every bandwagon trying to jump on the next biotechnology company that was going to come up with the right formulation for the vaccine or try and pick exactly the next fad stay-at-home stock that may explode and have a major price expansion now, but in my opinion, doesn't have long-lasting fundamentals. You know, these exercise bike companies and things that are doing so well right now, I don't jump on those investment bandwagons because I look at those as 
fad diets. You know, Oprah comes out with a new diet. Everybody jumps on it. Six months later, those people are all still fat and they're looking for a new diet. They're looking for a new fad. They're looking for a new trend. That's the way I felt a lot of these COVID stay-at-home stocks were. It wasn't that I didn't think they wouldn't go up. It's just that I didn't have a rational, fundamental basis to try and determine when the exit strategy would be. And so I sat out. And that's a key point of investing and building your wealth. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. You don't lose money by sitting in cash. You wait for the right opportunity that presents itself to you and is framed within your risk tolerance. That's when you step up to bat. That's when you jump in and make the investment. That's exactly what I did this year with the COVID-90 portfolio. I bided my time and the timing wasn't perfect. If I'd have waited a couple more weeks on either end of it, I could have bought in at a better price. But again, I'm not trying to get in at the absolute lowest price or the very best opportunity because I can't predict that. I just want to get in at a good price knowing that over time those assets are going to appreciate and that I can walk away with a solid investment return. The whole premise of the COVID-90 portfolio was that these were stocks that I felt had fundamental balance sheets. They had cash flow. In most cases, they were profitable companies. But in any case, they were all backed up with the easy money policies of the Federal Reserve. It was very unlikely that any of these stocks are going to go out of business. And they all have drastically underperformed the general market for various reasons. Some of them are in the hotel hospitality sector. Some of them are in the second or third derivative of aerospace or aviation stocks. Some of them are in the medical and other service type sectors of the economy that have been hit badly by cancellation of things like elective surgeries. But all these stocks I felt were fundamentally sound, were out of favor with the general investment community, But once COVID went away, these stock prices would naturally regress back up to their pre-COVID highs. And since I was purchasing 90 stocks, I knew that while some of them might underperform, a lot of them would overperform. And overall, that portfolio, in aggregate, I felt had about a 40% opportunity to appreciate. Now, this gets back with solid and sound investment fundamentals. But the real key here is the patience side of it. Being able to wait. I'm not trying to get rich quick. I'm not predicting that it's going to make that 40% increase tomorrow or next week or next month. I don't know if it's going to take place in three months, in six months, or maybe even two or three years. Important part about building wealth, what really matters is that you're consistently making money. Consistently making money over time, over years and over decades. And so if the COVID-90 portfolio would take two years, three years for those prices to regress to their previous COVID highs, and if in aggregate that meant that that portfolio performed at a 40% rate of return, well, that means that on average, even if it took three years out, you would be having an annual increase of in excess of 13% a year on an annualized basis if it took three years. If it happened in two years, you'd be getting an annualized rate of return of 20%. If you can consistently increase your net worth and your wealth at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10% a year, then you're doubling your money at least every 12 years, if not sooner than 10 years. And if you're a disciplined investor and you're constantly adding to that investment portfolio, then that's how over, say, a 10-year period 
or maybe a 15-year period, certainly a 20-year period, you can be a middle-class income earner and you can have a million-dollar or more portfolio. Ah, but I digress. Hey, let's get into the specific question of did you miss the post-election stock market rally? Now, again, I'm hesitant to even put out this podcast because I know that 99.9% of the people that were too pessimistic and too fearful and too negative Nelly to buy in prior to the election, well, those same people are going to find additional reasons to be negative now, and they're still going to miss all the opportunities that are sitting on the table. So I know I'm probably wasting my breath, but I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to just quickly run through the COVID-90 portfolio of what has not performed. Now listen, I mentioned that 40% opportunity in it. Guess what? Just over these past month and a half, well, guess what? Over just this past two months, it's already made up at least half of that distance already. So yes, a lot of the easy money making opportunities are gone, but not all of them. And that's what I want to point out here, because I want to point out that there is always an opportunity. But let's specifically look at just that universe of 90 stocks that are in the COVID-90 portfolio. While in aggregate, they've performed extremely well, and there's probably less than five overall stocks, which are down from the original purchase price of, you know, of a couple months ago. So while the vast, vast majority have made money, that doesn't mean that they don't have farther to run. And just to prove the point here, I'm going to run through a list of, let me see, 14, 15 stocks that are still off of their pre-COVID highs by at least 30%. Some of these significantly more than 30%. And for time's sake here, I'm just going to read off the ticker symbol and you can look them up if you have interest. But here we go. This is 14 or 15 stocks. WRAP, GSKY, CRS, INGN, AMRS, VLO, XOM, CCOI, BHC, KMI, SIX, PLAB, QMCO. Every one of those stocks is down more than 30% from their pre-COVID high. So if you're looking for that regression to the old pre-COVID high prices, I just gave you a list of more than a dozen stocks that based on that you know regression type theoretical trade have a long way to run. But even beyond that, if you look at the entire COVID-90 portfolio and you acknowledge that yes, over the past couple months, it has gone up a significant amount. You know what? There are still at least 49 of those 90 stocks that are still trading at least 20% or more below the pre-COVID high. So again, just based on the simple theory of a regression trade, 49 of those 90 stocks still have at least 20% to go. And I'm not discounting the fact that some of the ones that have performed the best don't have room to go because I'm not selling any of those. Oh, and that's another point. I've heard from a lot of people saying, well, what have you sold? Have you gotten out of the COVID-90 portfolio? Have you sold any of those stocks, some of the high-flying ones? Well, no, I haven't. And you would know that if you watched my blog. Because over at investablewealth.com at the blog and alert and commentary section there, I've always told you whenever I'm buying or selling something. So it's never a mystery about what I do. It's not hidden behind a firewall or there's no fee or no subscription necessary. You can subscribe for free to the email notification if you want to, but you don't even have to do that. You can just go to that page on my website and read through those blog posts and you'll know when I'm buying or selling things. 
I'm not constantly posting there because I'm not constantly buying or selling. Because overall, I'm a long-term investor. I'm not a day trader. And so, no, I have not sold the top-performing holdings in the COVID-90 portfolio because I think those stocks, too, still have a long way to go. And in fact, some of the ones were on that previous list I gave you that said that they're down by at least 30%. Some of those are on the top-performing list. And as I look at that list, there are probably 20 eight or close to 30 stocks that are up more than 30%. I won't run through that whole list, but just let me give you the top five. Now, regulations prohibit me from advertising performance, so you can look these up on your own, but I'll just throw these names out there. Magnite, Lyft, Eventbrite, Ebix, General Electric. Go pull up a chart of those five stocks. Those are the five best performing stocks so far in the COVID-90 portfolio. I haven't sold any of them because although they've performed wonderfully over the last two months, I think they all have a lot farther to run. So no, the opportunities have not left. I believe, just as I believed before, that the opportunities are still there. These stocks have not yet hit their peaks. And that's not to say that we won't get a pullback. That's not to say that, you know, just like this past week, we saw the market took a little bit of a breather. But to me, those are buying opportunities, not reasons to panic, not reasons to run out and sell. So if you haven't gotten in, if you haven't bought into this market rally, no, I don't think it's over yet. And particularly if you focus on these COVID-90 type stocks, which are value oriented, which are the laggards, which are the stocks that had not performed well when we had all the, in my opinion, irrational exuberance about the stay at home stocks and the fad-type Peloton stocks. I think we are most likely to see a pullback in some of those high-flying names, but these value stocks, as the name implies, still present a lot of value, and I still see great opportunities ahead. So hey, there you have it. Just my opinion. I know that if you miss this rally, you're probably going to miss the next one because you're too pessimistic, and you focus on all the bad things rather than looking at the opportunities. So, hey, we have a couple weeks left before the year's out. I really don't know if I'll be producing any more content or not, uh, but rest assured, I'll be back in the new year. And even during this Christmas holiday period, if I do get some interesting questions or some smart questions that I think really have application to a podcast, then I will make the effort to come on and do a couple more episodes before the end of the year. But otherwise, if you don't hear from me, and if you don't see me selling anything over at the alert section of investablewealth.com, then you know that I'm maintaining my positions, which is what I fully expect to do for right now. But again, if you have some good questions or topics that you'd like me to cover before, you know, the year runs out, whether it be investing, general wealth building, entrepreneurial, business-related type questions, well, if those come in, then I'll definitely try and put together a few episodes before we ring in 2021. Spoiler alert here, but I think that 2021 is going to be a fabulous year, just like 2020 is working out to be. Well, hey, as always, thanks for listening. Until the next episode, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.